a tale of two halves on that Civil War game. Sean, how'd you feel about it? You know, I I was watching from watching from the computer, and it seemed like everything was just done, taken care of, and then it got a little closer to comfort. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things too where uh, you can tell that uh, it, it's really unfortunate too because the coaches are gonna get blamed for it, but the players on defense, especially, just totally took the foot off the gas. Yeah, like that it was tends so, to happen. It was it's, so obvious. It's like you get a big lead, especially against a team that hasn't won a single game since September, and you think you have it in the bag, but you can't take your foot off the gas pedal. Nope. And uh, they did. And see, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, it's really a mental thing more than anything else. Like, it's like, oh, I'm going to cut this corner here. Or, like, oh, we already got this. And you, like, lose mental focus. Yeah, you and, lose that mental edge. Right. And the toughest part of that, though, is that once you get out of that, once you get out of the focus and you've entered the no focus zone, it's pretty much impossible to get back into it. Yeah. Like... It's so difficult to get yourself back into the mindset you need to because then you're like reeling and it's bad. It's rough. It's tough. Um, so uh, Marcus McMarion went 11 of 21 for 154 yards and an interception. Uh, oh, let's look at Vernon Adams. He was just otherworldly at this point. 28 of 38, 366 yards, three touchdowns, QBR of 76.8. He made a pass play where I think he spun around two times and with somebody like wrapped around his leg, he like took a couple hop steps through across, through like against his body. Like he threw to his right while facing the left and he's a righty. And then he hit like Dwayne Stanford just perfectly for like to convert like a third and 13. Yeah, I'll say this after watching Vernon Adams all year is that Marcus Mariota was the better all-around quarterback for 60 minutes of football. Yeah. But Vernon Adams makes way more like ridiculously athletic plays than Marcus could. Well, I don't think Marcus ever put himself in that position. You know what I mean? I don't think he was ever, like... I think his athleticism was so superior and elite, he was never in those types of scenarios. That makes sense, yeah. But it's like, Vernon, dude, where did you come from? And I'm going to be straight up. I have not been saying this all year. I remember after the Utah game, I was like, he's awful. <laughs> like, he's bad. <laughs> I remember... We were begging for the coaches to bench him for the whole season. <laughs> I actually said that. I remember I just said... I, I can remember word for... Like, almost word for word me saying... Uh, uh, it's not his finger. His finger doesn't get him sacked four times against Utah. He just stinks. Our quarterbacks all suck. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it was like sometime around that game where I just went on a rant about how it was a failed experiment and how we just needed to trust Jeff Lockie for the rest of the year. <laughs> Kill me. Oh my god, I would be so sad if we had to do that. I'd just be so sad. Remember when we were making the, the pleas, we were just like, if we beat Washington, I'm cool. Like, if we just beat Washington, I'm cool. Yeah, that was that was basically like when we had just given up on the season. It was like three and three, and it's like, all right, nothing else matters now but Washington. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I will go without Oregon State. Just give me Washington. Yeah. And we can lose to Oregon State, and I'm cool with it. We we got we got the Washington win. We see. Here's why I'm okay with however the season winds up is because we beat Washington. we won all the conference games that matter. We won Washington. We beat USC. We beat Stanford. We beat Oregon State. Like we won the big conference games. I'll I'll That's take a good it. Point. Yeah, I think. And then Washington State. You know, maybe one. I just like those guys. Those guys, those guys deserve it. They deserve it. That fan base deserves it. Obviously, it sucks, but couldn't have happened to a better team. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, that Utah game, I never want to experience another game like that in my life. That was awful. I don't know what game you're talking about. Okay. I just, I, I, <laughs> good, good one. <laughs> <laughs> Call the National Guard. <laughs> oh man! You know you just you know it's bad when you know by the end of the loss you're just laughing to yourself like literally laughing out loud. Yeah, I was just it was funny, and then I was like, oh my god, if they hang seventy, oh my god. <laughs> oh 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 okay, I would. <laughs> I want to bring this up again. I want to bring this up again. So, okay. Uh, also, shout out uh, Royce Freeman, 27 carries, 167 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Braylon Addison just killed it. Eight receptions, 106 yards, three touchdowns. Um, like, every single person killed it. Uh, yeah. Royce Charles Freeman is, like, pick. 100 yards away from breaking LaMichael James' single-season school rushing record. And he'll do that in the bowl game. And that's going to be without a uh, conference championship game. What yeah, year did Michael James break that? Um, I think it was... Was he around in 2011? I think it was that year, but it might have been 2010. It was okay. one of those two years. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so it was before a conference championship game. So, yeah, Royce will break it. Yeah. Royce will break it. I'm trying to... Okay, let me pull up his page. He didn't hit 100 against Michigan State. He hit 92. And he hit... Against Utah, he only hit 77 yards, but that's because... Our offense was abysmal. And we were so far behind at that point. Like, that was bad. Yeah. Um, 246 yards against Washington State. 163 against Colorado. 138 against Washington. 
180 against Cal, 147 against USC, 167 against Oregon State. Pretty good numbers. Pretty, pretty good numbers. 5'11", 230, 19-year-old. Perfect. I'm doing nothing with my life. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I saw Marcus Mariota's younger than me, and he's been on Sports Illustrated six times. <laughs> Oh my god, it's like him and LeBron James have been on the cover of Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Oh man. Oh man. So, oh man, I am I am void of all talent. Um. So the bull projections. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw one that said we're going to be facing um, TCU and the Alamo Bowl. It looks like we're going to go Alamo. Yeah, Alamo. Because it, it, it seems like, I mean, most most likely Stanford is going to go to the Rose Bowl because they'll, the, they'll win the Pac-12 title game and then there's not going to be enough like this is almost Although identical. Although if they didn't, that would be really funny. <laughs> this is almost identical. You remember the last time we went to the Allen Mobile and we were all like sitting around on conference championship weekend, just like praying for Bedlam to break out, and like not quite enough happened, and we wound up in the Alamo Bowl, and it was like you get your hopes up, and we're going to San Antonio. It's going to be like the same thing. Everyone's going to be watching, like praying for just chaos and anarchy to break loose. And then when it's all said and done, like nothing's going to happen. And Stanford's just going to go to the Rose Bowl and we'll go to the Alamo Bowl and pretend to be excited about it. But I would, I would be excited about a matchup with TCU. If it was anyone else, I don't think I'd care that much. But a game against TCU would be fun. Yeah, so we have there are three predictors. Uh, CBS, Mark Schlebaugh, Sporting News says Alamo Bowl against TCU. McMurphy and Zach Ellis of Sports Illustrated say Holiday Bowl. McMurphy says against Wisconsin. Ellis says against Penn State. Interesting. We would eat the Big Ten teams alive. Like, alive. No, no projections for the for my personal favorite, the Foster Farms Bowl. <laughs> no, no, it's not happening. <laughs> although, it. although you know who's uh, you know who we can already chalk up a cover against the spread. Who would that be? BYU in the uh, uh, the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl. Oh, what a what a fantastic bowl game! I've, that's like the one fan base that does not give a ish about the Las Vegas Bowl. It's like if Eskimos made it to the Hawaii Bowl, like who cares? Like they don't enjoy it. Oh man! So, um, yeah. I mean, long story short, we'll go to a bowl game and we'll get the extra practices. That's the biggest part. The football biggest part. season will last just a little bit longer. Yeah, that's really the only reason. Like, hopefully, make the holiday bowl because that's on the thirtieth. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I've heard like 
Yeah, the Alamo Bowl is going to get first pick like after after like the Rose Bowl gets filled in, and so that's going to be like you know, of course, Oregon is the trendy pick because they're on the hot streak. Why would they pick Stanford or USC? But see, I don't, you know, I don't quite know if like does the Alamo Bowl committee really want like Oregon to make another trip down there or? You know, do they want someone new that they haven't had? Uh, they will want to take anybody other than Oregon. Actually, that's not true because Oregon has to pay for the tickets to go down. So yeah. they could actually just pick whoever and those tickets are going to sell because bowls require the schools to buy the tickets. Right. Yeah. So, I don't which think, is why schools lose money on bowl games unless you go to like one of the big ones. Actually, even then you lose them. You lose money on those ones. Yeah, I personally think it's going to be a, a holiday bowl trip for the Ducks. It should be fun. Fond memories of 2008 in the Oklahoma State game. That's the one I went to. That was a fun one. There, there, that was some physical football in that game. Yeah, I remember Jeremiah Masoli just running over that guy, and then George Pollock in one of his first years just or no, maybe this is Jesse Palmer. I think it was Jesse Palmer, and he just gives like this big like whooping noise when <laughs> Jeremiah Masoli runs over him. Oh, good times, good times. And then uh, there was the play where T.J. Ward. We thought he broke their quarterback. I remember, who was this? Guy? What was the guy's name? I can't remember. But, uh, oh, that Justin Blackman was on that team, too, I think. Yeah. He was, yeah. And uh, what was that guy's name? It wasn't Brandon Whedon at the time. No, it was, like, pre-Brandon Whedon. No, it was someone who was who was under the age of 24. Um, I can't remember. But I remember that guy came around on a speed option, and TJ Ward just absolutely blasted him. It was just like, oh, my God. I think it would be a penalty now, though, straight up. Uh, But, man, that was a hit. So, all right, moving on. Uh, So, okay, so real quick, I think the ways that Oregon could make the Rose Bowl – by virtue of Stanford making the the playoffs, is North Carolina has to beat Clemson, right? And then because I was reading how uh, uh, Stanford has like the best resume of any team, really. Yeah, Clemson would have to go down, and Alabama would have to go down. I think there was something else though too. If uh, What are the top four right now? Michigan State, Bama, Clemson. Oklahoma has their spot locked up. Oh, yeah, 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 because they're done. So, yeah, they've already, they're done. So it's essentially like there's three open spots left. Which is hilarious because they lost to Texas. (laughs) Isn't that wild? They lost to Texas, and here we are. And here we are, college football playoff. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be one of these things every year where it's like an archetype. Where you just blow a game early on and you still make the playoffs. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, they're going to win the national championship game, probably. Couldn't happen to a worse school. Like, we lost to Texas, but we won the big one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Texas would just be laughing their asses off, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's the scenario of how Stanford would kind of backdoor their way in. Um, other football news. So Scott Frost is no longer offensive coordinator. So here, here's my thing on that. <laughs> <laughs> I have an opinion. <laughs> really? Okay, tell me. I, I don't know, man. Like, Scott Frost, I'm happy for you. You, you got a head coaching job that I'm sure that's every football coach's dream. But, dude, you could have waited for a better school. See, I heard that uh, a little Brady told me, a.k.a. I read it on the internet, that UCF is about to start throwing down money. So he could be there for, like, the start of the turnaround. Yeah. I don't know. I Obviously, I hope he does well, but I, I think he could have held out for a bigger program. I think so. They went from, someone pointed out they went from going like 10-2 and two to 0-12. Oh that's a just, that's a ridiculous drop-off. Like, could you imagine like next season or Oregon going 0-12? Oh like, yes. At this <laughs> point, yes. <laughs> anything is possible. Like, what anything would we even possible. talk about? What would we even talk about at the end of the season? Dude? We would just quit our podcast. I wouldn't even do these anymore. It would just the the website would just go dark for like the last month of the season. Yeah, I mean, kind of got rough at one point. Um, oh, so I just looked up UCF Scott Frost. The first headline. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is fantastic. UCF. This is from the Orlando Sentinel. UCF coach Scott Frost denies firing all assistant coaches. <laughs> Yes. You knocked down reports that he had fired every single assistant coach. <laughs> oh my god. That's so funny. Like, how do you. Oh my god. How do you, you just roll into work on the first day? You're all fired. <laughs> like, uh, like Ari Gold when he acquires the new agency, he just goes around with like a paintball gun. Yeah. Uh,. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, the guy who was the coordinator for the uh, for the last three years of the number two offense every year now left, and people are psyched about it, which doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so, who I I personally, I'm, I'm almost certain that they're going to promote within, from within, because that's just what Oregon does. Yeah, it's going to be Lubbock. I've heard Lubbock. I've, someone also threw out throughout Campbell as a candidate. I don't think he wants to be coordinator. I would be, I've heard, I, I would be perfectly fine with Lubbock as coordinator. Either of them would be fine with me, but I would just be, I would be curious to see what Campbell could do with the, the whole offense in his hands. Like, I get, I get that. I just, from my perspective, I I agree with you. I just don't think Campbell wants to do that. I also think I think I read somewhere that he's actually had some recruiting issues. Like he has like a couple small violations. Interesting. Which would apparently be somewhat problematic if he was moved to offensive coordinator. 
that that could that could turn into a slight issue. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, whatever. If it's like playing players, I really just don't care at this point. Like all these guys are living below the poverty line. Even when they start playing at sport at Oregon, they're living below the poverty line. So you know, whatever. I'm really over this whole amateur thing. These guys aren't amateurs. Yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, I'm not even mad. Like Cam Newton got paid. I'm just pissed because we played him. <laughs> That's really the only reason why. <laughs> and I'm really happy to get over it because he's so much fun to watch in the NFL. And I just love him celebrating and pissing off like most of the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Time. He's having fun with football and people are like, oh, you, you can't do that. Yeah, which has no ties whatsoever to what okay i'm not gonna get there i'm not gonna get there because we're gonna someone's gonna complain about it um yeah just look up like uh sports center travis kelsey celebration or there's a great one uh i forget what it was oh man it was basically this one guy was like oh why doesn't this like white tight end uh get a letter because uh yeah, because it's always a it's always a race card issue in sports. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, well, nobody cares because he's a white guy celebrating. Is basically what I was getting at. Um, and Cam Newton's black, so that's why people have a problem with it. Um, so yeah, so Lubbock's in at. I don't know why I just said I penciled him in like that. I yeah. think Lubbock is going to move up, so because he's. Killed it with the wide receiver group. Yeah, I mean, he's killed it. Like, if we don't promote him up, then somebody else is going to grab him. That's going to be how it is. Yeah, it, it's the natural choice. And you know, if you look at Oregon's recent history with coaching changes, with you know Chip and Helfrich and uh, Pelham, Frost, all those guys, like they always, it, it, it's always promoting from within. It's you know, I I don't see them doing a, a coaching sort of for an offensive coordinator when they have a perfectly capable guy who already knows the system so yeah and uh maybe improve it a little bit more yeah it'd be it'd be nice to see i swear to god though like if helfrick didn't call like braylon addison passes or like uh royce freeman wildcat runs nobody would care it's just like five plays that piss everybody off actually that's not true there was also the uh a couple like vernon adams passing on like third and one plays when, yeah. when they could have done the knockout. Although, those are the plays where he's a genius if he hits it. Oh, exactly. It's the double-edged sword plays. It's you're, yeah. a gen- you're a genius if it works and you're an idiot if it doesn't. So, yeah. I think he's going to do so well at UCF. Um, I think he's going to kill it. Yeah, I, I hope so. Well. He's very charismatic. He's going to kill recruiting. So, basketball? Talk about some basketball. Basketball. Uh, uh, UN- UNLV coming up. Yep. Still undefeated. Six. I, I really liked, I was reading, I think it was an article on Go Ducks or something. It said, the Ducks are 6-0 and they're off to their first undefeated start since going 13-0. 
in the 2013-2014 season. It was two years ago. <laughs> A whole whopping two seasons ago. Like they're they're phrasing it like it's like some historical start for them, and it's like no, like no, that was just that was just a couple of years ago, like. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, was it UNLV is the first road game for them yet. Yeah. So that'll be a fun one. Good test. All the uh, all the Oregon beat writers are tweeting about going to Vegas and losing money at the blackjack tables, and because that's that's what you do when you go cover a UNLV game. You hit up the casinos, obviously, of course. You you go to the uh, the MGM Grand, where according to Bill Walton, all your dreams can come true. At the MGM Grand? Yeah. I'm surprised he says that, because it's like a very like ungrateful dead thing to say. <laughs> right. To be like, yes, you can get everything you want at oh. the gambling tables. Like... <laughs> Oh, he's like, he's like, we're, I think he's, the way he phrased it, he said that the MGM Grand where all your dreams come true as we move towards a better tomorrow. Of course he said that. I love Bill Walton. He'll be back soon. Have you ever been to a volcano? <laughs> I have, while it was erupting. <laughs> oh my god, he's the best. I love him. People are like, I hate his shtick. It's like... He doesn't have a shtick. He just rambles about non-basketball things. Like there, there is a there is like a very small time when I, I, I got like mildly annoyed by it, and then I just learned to appreciate it for what it was, and just that he's going to ramble off and say say stuff that has nothing to do with basketball whatsoever. Like talking about how he had shrimp for breakfast and lunch, and he'll have it again for dinner. <laughs> Is the best. I love him. He's so fun to listen to. Like, I will honestly tune into games that I or I don't even care, and I'll just have him on as background noise. Yeah. Because then you'll just you'll hear all you'll hear all the crap that comes out of his mouth, totally out of context. And he'll just be like, Wait, "He said what now?" Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. I just love when he said, Have you ever been to a volcano? <laughs> Dead spin clip. It was a clip on Dead Spin where they showed it and it just goes, Have you ever been to a volcano? And then it just cuts it off there and that was like his lasting impression. And then the next game they start talking about going to the volcano again. Oh uh, I'm in this it's so great. I can't wait for it to be back. And people who hate on him, I just I just don't understand what your what your problem is. So, I just don't understand. Yeah, so it'll be a good test. I think this is the same road trip that I think the the Pearl Harbor game against Navy is coming up. Oh, are are we doing that? That's a thing that's happening this year. Are we playing Navy at Pearl Harbor? We are. Oh, that was like the most intriguing game on the off-season schedule or the the non-conference schedule to me. Yeah. Speed huh. ran quick random tangent of Navy. Did you hear their uh, their Heisman plans? No. So I'm totally blanking on the quarterback's name, but if he gets invited to the Heisman 
trophy uh, presentation, if he's named a finalist, that Keenan Reynolds, Keenan Reynolds, yes, that ceremony. So Army plays Navy at three fifteen p.m. in Philadelphia. The ceremony is at like eight o'clock or something. So they've devised a plan where if he gets named a finalist, they've like studied past army navy games to see what the longest it'll go for is and they've like pretty much safely determined the game will be over in about three and a half hours uh-huh. which is pretty standard for a college football game and <laughs> if he's named a finalist they're gonna have him and the coach skip media availability and they're gonna fly him in a chopper <laughs> to new york city there's gonna be two choppers for him and his family Wait, where's and the game? It's in the game's right? in Philadelphia. It's a half-hour chopper ride, so they're gonna fly him in a chopper from the stadium to New York City on like a landing pad, like a mile away from the ceremony. I hope he wears his pads the whole time. <laughs> like I hope he just <laughs> yeah. sits in the front row with his pads on. He honestly should be like I'm. So, I'm really glad that you brought that up because he's been killing it all year. Like he plays at. At a military academy, which a like means you play in absolute obscurity unless you go undefeated, which Navy yeah. did for like a whole time this year, um, and then it's uh oh excuse me we're recording this so late right now, <laughs> um uh so yeah I just pulled up his stats uh he's not even on the Heisman odds I mean he's not gonna win but he should be a finalist. Uh, rushed for 1,093 yards and 19 touchdowns, and then threw for 964 and six touchdowns, which is amazing given uh, how Navy runs its offense. Like, this is the first quarterback that's been able to throw at Navy in forever. Yeah. Uh, Army had a guy, like, three years ago uh, who was unbelievable. He was uh, uh, Trent Steelman. That was the guy's name. He was like, he was uh, like Tim Tebow. No, I, I don't even say that. Like, I think that was like a good comparison. Yeah. Like he was the guy, he was the one guy that made Army like really relevant. Like I would watch Army games to just to watch Trent Steelman. Yeah. And he was so. And it was something where like. Uh, Navy fumbled the ball like on their side of the 50 and Trent Steelman had never beaten Navy and mm-hmm. he got every year he got closer and closer and so his last year he got the ball back with like a minute 20 to go running the triple offense uh, triple option offense he gets a huge run inside of the 20 and I'm watching like he's gonna do it this year he's gonna do it it's like third and two from like the 14 yard line hands it off running back cuts up the middle uh to get to like the six yard line and then he fumbles it and then the running back fumbled it and it was just like oh feels so bad for this kid and then he like it cuts to him on the sideline and he's just like bawling his eyes out justifiably and oh, people I remember are, like, that. Making fun of him on the internet, and it's like, 
I hate every single one of you right now. Yeah. And then Spencer Hall started tweeting out like the funniest stuff. It was like, if you're making fun of this kid, I will lock you in a trunk and force you to listen to Johnny Cash's Hurt on repeat. And it was like, uh, if you are making fun of this kid, I will clockwork orange your eyes open and force you to watch the first 10 minutes of Up over and over again. <laughs> God, that movie, that beginning to the movie, that was, that was rough. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? How did we get to Navy football? Oh, yeah. Because we were just talking about our plans for Navy. We were talking about playing Navy and basketball. Yeah, so we got conference championships this weekend. Alabama against Florida. Who you got? I'm going Alabama in that one. Alabama minus 12. Who do you have? Uh, Yeah, I I think I'm giving Alabama that one, that game by like two touchdowns. Yeah, me too. All right, here's, here's the real question. Michigan State, minus four, or Iowa? Oh, oh. I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say Michigan State wins it on a game-winning field goal and we get treated to that kicker just one-upping his <laughs> Ohio State celebration. <laughs> I forgot about that, the soccer windmill, but he just yeah. cut his arm out. <laughs> My favorite <laughs> celebration of the year, hands down. Oh my god! I remember uh, there was like a there was a stat where it showed it was all these stats that they had against Michigan and Ohio State, and it was time led zero seconds. Yeah. Can we that Michigan get, State? That Michigan game was so wild. I I, I want to see a sports science feature on, like, the amount of energy he created by propelling his arms like that. <laughs> on how much centrific, centrific, centrific <laughs> yeah. force. Exactly. Oh, man. And then I love how that kid went on, in, like, a radio interview right afterwards, and he said it was the biggest kick of my life, and I effing nailed it. <laughs> I effing nailed it. I hope he actually and swore. That'd be he, hilarious. He did actually swear. Oh, he that's great. Yeah, he didn't He didn't censor himself. Yeah, he can say whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. That's, that radio station's not going to care. There's one other... Oh, one of my favorite post-game... Uh, comments was Arian Springs after he picked off Berkovici in triple overtime and he's just sitting there and after like two minutes like you can ask me anything you want I'll tell you I feel great right now <laughs> <laughs> oh man I love it when college athletes can actually be open in themselves yeah you know it's it's so weird though because people People say, oh, we want these guys to be honest. We want something. We want, like, interesting answers. And then you get someone being honest, like Ezekiel Elliott, and they're like, God, he's so out of place. He's a terrible person. He was like, yeah, he was in the right, though. Why is he only getting 11 carries? And he has to, like, apologize. It's like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on, guys. Oh, no. He said said we weren't in the right position because we didn't run the ball enough. That's entirely true. Like, I don't understand why that's a problem. Nailed it. A coach says it, and it's, like, zero problem. Player says it, huge problem. Uh, yeah. 
and there's a whole bunch of other perspectives we can take on that, which we won't. Um, so, oh, yeah, I really want Iowa to win because I think that would be hilarious. But Michigan State's going to win. Yeah. It's so unfortunate, though. I'm so bummed about it. I really want it. I really want Iowa in. I want Iowa, Stanford, I just want the most boring teams possible. And I mean, Iowa, I Stanford, Oklahoma, Alabama. Yeah, but Oklahoma and Alabama are, like, not boring. Because Mayfield balls out, and then Derrick Henry is just fantastic to watch at all times. That's true. And I love watching Lane Kiffin and Saban get into it on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. And it's really one of those, like, they don't even get into it. It's more one of those, like... Oh, this is what you do? Okay, well, just do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's good times. Great times. All right, so at the end of next weekend, we'll know where Oregon stands by the time we do this pod next. Um, on the Oregon basketball schedule, let's take a look real quick. Uh, so this goes up, this will go up... Uh, <laughs> Well, today now, uh, on Friday. Hashtag sling and quack after dark. <laughs> At its darkest. Um, yeah, this that's how late it is right now. <laughs> this is going up uh, well, uh, today. It's uh, across the, the prime meridian. It's going up today. Uh, hosting UNLV. No, wait, it says... It's at, it's at Vegas. Oh, but it's a neutral side game. Oh, of course. Um, then Monday... Uh, against Navy at Pearl Harbor. Nice. That'll be fun to watch. I'm psyched. That'll be a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. And then, uh, and then we'll have another podcast before they play Boise State. Perfect. On December twelfth. That'll be great. That'll be just great. All right. Cool. Uh. Well, it is so late right now, so we have to just call this right now. Um. We're also out of quack. Uh. Great job by this football team. A lot of people gave up on them, including us. <laughs> we, we will be the first to admit it. We straight up gave up on them, and they proved us wrong. Good yeah. job, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were such haters for so long. Um, great job by a uh, football team. Scott Frost going to kill it at UCF. Lubbock's going to go to offensive coordinator. Uh, basketball's killing it. UCLA beat Kentucky. Uh, so by transitive property, Mon- Monmouth is better than Kentucky. Of course. Um, man. What a week. Especially with the Packers hitting uh, the bomb. I'm a minority owner of the Green Bay Packers, and I wasn't able to watch the game. Um, and when they went down 20-0, to zero, I was like, yep, yeah, pretty good. Pretty happy I'm not watching this right now. Fourth quarter, bow, just blew up. Phone was on fire, so I'm still kind of riding that right now. All right, well, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. You got any closing comments, Sean? Uh, it, it was a successful football se- season. I'm excited for the bowl game, and then I'm excited to move on to basketball season. So let's, let's keep it moving here. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm excited to just really have 
an enjoyable bowl game. Like, a true celebration of what the team did this year. It's ended on a high note. Yeah. We can do it. It's it's a great feeling. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Really happy. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. We'll see you guys in Hamsterdam next week with where the bowl's going, with how the basketball team's doing. And then uh, we'll know for sure whether or not uh, Scott Frost fired everybody on the first day. See you guys next week.